Are you looking to reach your full potential and achieve success in business and in life? Want only tried and tested guidance from people who have truly made an impact? You have come to the right place. Welcome to Five Questions with Dan Shabell. New York Times bestselling author Dan Shabell distills the most actionable and tangible advice from a variety of world-class humans, including entrepreneurs, authors, Olympians, politicians, billionaires, Nobel Prize winners, TED speakers, celebrities, astronauts, and more. Inspirational guidance, practical advice, and concrete solutions. Our Power Chat starts now. Welcome to the 87th episode of the 5 Questions Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Bell. My goal is to create the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is author and venture capitalist, Patrick McGinnis. Born in Sanford, Maine, Patrick coined the term FOMO, or fear of missing out, while studying at Harvard Business School back in 2004. Six years later, he founded Dorigo Advisors, working with investors in fast-growing companies in Latin America, Europe, Africa, Asia, and America. Then he went on to work at AIG Capital Partners before writing his first book, entitled The 10% Entrepreneur. In 2018, Patrick released the first episode of the FOMO Sapiens podcast, and I was recently featured this April to talk about working from home and corporate culture. The success of the podcast led to his TEDx talk in 2019 and his new book, Fear of Missing Out. As a fellow entrepreneur, I was curious to hear about Patrick's perspectives on what we should all be mindful of before we start a business. How do you know the difference between being an entrepreneur versus just remaining at a company and having a side business or hustle? Side hustles can be anything from working for Lyft or Uber to like starting a company that eventually becomes, you know, a, a real business. So the difference between a side hustle and what I call 10% entrepreneurship is that when you're a 10% entrepreneur, you have a stake, you have an equity stake, you're an owner of something. And so therefore, as it grows, it personally benefits you and you, you participate in its growth compared to like a side hustle where like you can work a million hours for Uber, but it's not like you own any, you don't own Uber or shares in Uber necessarily, right? In terms of, you know, is this going to be something that's part time forever or would you go off and do it and really create a business out of it you know both are fine i know lots of people who maintain a side job and and will never leave their day job because number one they like their day job and number two maybe they just don't they don't want the lifestyle they're a little bit sort of intimidated by the the uncertainty that's in that's that's in full-time entrepreneurship what i notice with people when they tend to go full-time is when they, they realize they can actually live off the business or they're like i see it scaling it's trending i maybe can't quite make it yet but i have enough traction to start hiring people and potentially raise money and therefore I'm going to go ahead and go and do this full time. What's cool is the borders are not, um, they're not set. They can be porous. So there's lots of examples of people who will go leave their job, do a full-time thing. Maybe then they'll determine, you know, I didn't like it or they'll sell it to a company, then rejoin full-time. So you could go back and forth between the two multiple times over your career. How do you prevent your side business from distracting you from being a great worker? So I think one thing that needs to happen that's really important is that companies need to recognize that this is happening. 40% of Americans are freelancers. Some percentage of those are 10% entrepreneurs. And so I think number one is companies need to recognize that this is happening. And then they have to be the encourage open discussion about this and then create policies that make sure that people aren't doing the wrong things, create an expectation. Because if you don't talk about it, if it's hidden in the shadows, then you can never have an honest conversation about what is appropriate. And so what I tell people is encourage people to do this but also tell them, listen, number one, 
when you're at the office, you are not going to be working on your, on your on your side projects. Number two, you will not work, use work resources to do this because if you do, you know, you could be terminated. And number three, we actually are going to encourage you to share what you're learning so that we can create a more entrepreneurial culture inside of our company. And maybe we'll even invest in what you're doing if it makes sense for us. And so I think if you do those things and you respect people to take responsibility for their time and energy, that will make a big difference. Granted, of course, it's going to be on your mind. Lots of things are on our mind at work, but I'd rather have somebody thinking about entrepreneurship than reading about the Kardashians all day. And so, you know, there could be worse things. And I, you know, again, it goes back to respect and cultivating a culture where people recognize that it would be inappropriate to just spend all their time working on their side project. And how do you make the transition from working at a big company to being a full-time entrepreneur or investor? Like how long should you wait? What obstacles do you have to overcome? And how do you push through that and, and take that leap? You do. And I think everybody's gonna be a little different, but I would say number one is uh, you need to be financially secure. So if you, if you can't afford to not make money for a while, uh, you should save money to do that or raise capital for your business because there's nothing worse than living out of your savings. And I've seen this a million times with friends of mine who quit to do their startup. And then a year later, they burn through a lot of their savings and they go back and find a job because they realize like it just doesn't feel good. Even if you think you're going to, you know, you're committed to your project, it just doesn't feel good. B is I think you need to have some sort of like traction. So if it doesn't have traction in the business, I would encourage people to keep working on the side and, and just test it out. Like go get some sort of basic product, see if people actually want it. Because again, I see so many people who don't like their job and they think entrepreneurship is some out, but then they, they actually start a business and they realize my idea isn't very good. So better to find that out and refine your idea before you quit. And number three is, you know, doing this, you know, you, you wrote a book about loneliness. Entrepreneurship can be super lonely. And so you need to surround yourself with people who have expertise, who can mentor you. And I think it's also really good to look for a co-founder because being a solar founder, solo founder is very difficult and as somebody who's run their own business like the one thing that I always every year sort of ask myself is like would I be way further down the line if I had a great partner and I think the answer is yes how can FOMO affect our decision making and how do we prevent ourselves from letting that happen because we live these lives that are tethered to technology and and, and so many people are, are feeling FOMO, I, I feel like we've evolved into this new species called FOMO sapiens. Really what FOMO is, if we look at the definition, it's two things. Number one, it's anxiety that something better is happening out there. And it's often fueled by social media, but it's something better than what we're doing right now. And so we want to do that thing. Second is this feeling like there's a collective experience happening out there and we're not part of it. So we're, everybody else is doing something. They're all part of this herd of people that are, you know, standing in line at the Apple store or at the Super Bowl or they're all, you know, on vacation in Cuba or whatever it is that is in your life around you. And you're sitting at home, you know, sort of like, counting your toenails or something and your life kind of stinks, right? And so that is what's happening. Really what's happening at the end of the day is you are allowing external factors drive your thinking and create this anxiety to, to want to do things that frankly, it, you probably in most cases don't even really truly want to do. And so therefore, you know, it's the classic of your mom says, you know, like if so-and-so jumped off a bridge, would you do that too? Sort of like, no, but FOMO is a lot like that. And so in order to combat FOMO, you have to attack the root causes, A, the perception something better is out there and be this sort of heard phenomenon and to do that with the a you know perception that something better is out there is not necessarily true perception can be deception and so you want to really understand is this thing i'm feeling fomo about even sort of as good as it's billed to me a lot of times it's not and so getting into there and thinking through like what is really going on here and should i be feeling this is is the a and the b is asking yourself like am i doing this because i want to do this or am i just following the herd but when i take that approach i'm able to really understand you know what are my motivations why am i doing this and a lot of times 
that goes away. And if I still want to do it after asking myself those questions, then I go ahead and do it because it's not just FOMO. At that point, it's something I want to do. And what's your best piece of career advice? Diversification. I started my career on Wall Street. That's what I thought I was gonna do forever. And you know what? Wall Street just didn't want me. Two times my company eliminated the group I was in. One time I was at JP Morgan. When I was out of business school, they got rid of my group uh, after the sort of tech crisis. Uh, then I was working at AIG during the financial crisis and my stock fell 97%. My group was sold off. It was a disaster. And so what I realized is these big companies, you know, you, unfortunately you think that's an illusion of stability. It is not. And what I, of course, have started to do is diversify. So 10% entrepreneur is about spending 10% of your time, money, and energy doing things outside of your day job, whether it's investing companies, starting companies, being uh, an advisor to companies, but building up a portfolio of activities. And I'll tell you, having done that, when the stock market crashes in the way that it has, so we're, we're taping this right around the time of the coronavirus and the stock market was down 11.5% last week. I got to tell you, like, I didn't like it, but I felt far less stressed out than I would have been if I was working on Wall Street still. And so that diversification, of course, as we all know, Finance 101 diversification is a very powerful tool against uh, the ups and downs of our economy. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Patrick. To follow his journey, you can listen to the FOMO Sapiens podcast, read his book, Fear of Missing Out, and find him on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, where he shares updates on his life quotes from his conversations, political and social commentary, and business advice. We hope you enjoyed today's show and the amazing advice our guests provided. Remember that you can only benefit from advice if you act on it. Before you do, we would appreciate your feedback in the form of a review. You can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or a podcatcher of your choice. Your feedback would be very much appreciated. Head over to danshawbell.com slash review now.